Welcome in. This is the Fancy Daydreamers, and we're back. Welcome in, welcome in. Thank you guys for joining me yet again on another episode of the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. I'm your host, Big Game JJ. You know, it's your boy. It's your boy. Uh, you guys heard Ryan right before this. Rocco shouts out. What up, what up, guys? You know, the Twitter R O K K O Daydreamer. Super excited. Uh, you got you got real lit there before. Well, you know, I missed the Wednesday pod. I missed the fans. I missed you guys. And I'm back and better than ever. Ready to pot it up. You guys can follow me at JJ Daydreamers on Twitter and also with us today, Keone. Hello there. Hi, everybody in the podosphere. I am Keone, as you've just heard. And you can follow me at Daydreamer Keone on the twitter thank you guys for joining me today we're gonna have a week one recap we're gonna have some waiver wire ads we're gonna get into some news excited that football is back it was a good slate of games on sunday good good game on monday and now wrapped it up monday was a great one in overtime so uh let's get into some news all right From the Thursday night game, Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup suffered a calf strain. He's expected to miss three to five weeks. He was looking good before that, but is Michael Gallup someone that you guys are considering dropping if you have him on your roster? Do I have an IR spot or no? No IR spot. Then I'm dropping. Yeah, Lamb Lamb and Cooper both got like... 15 plus targets. So they, they're the guys that's being passed to. Uh, the reason why I'm dropping him because this is one of the biggest weeks for the waiver wire. It's where we got to see a lot of talent. Some of the injuries already happen. It is too hard to hold on to a guy who is hurt. You could probably pick him back up in two weeks, three weeks, if you really wanted to. All right. Colts and running back Naheem Hines agreed to a three year contract worth 18.6 million dollars money money money. yeah good for him um he's going to be backing up jonathan taylor for a little bit there 49ers running back raheem moster went down with a knee injury he's going on ir and is expected to be out eight weeks i think we will talk about this a little bit more this is really rough for Mostert. he's in a contract year he's going to miss half of his contract year that's tough I think we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that whenever we talk about the waiver wire. Washington quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick left the game early with a right hip injury. Keone, what what was it? You talked about, oh, about it a little it's a bit. Hip, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a hip subluxation, which basically means that because the hip is a ball and socket joint, that part of it either um, goes out of the socket or just isn't fully in that socket for a period of time. And so it is incredibly painful. Yeah, so he was also placed on IR, and 
he's looking to be out six to eight weeks. Taylor Heineke will be starting. They play Thursday against the Giants. Does this worry you guys about the pass catchers, McLaurin, Logan Thomas, even Antonio Gibson in Washington? No. Everyone else, yes. I think Logan Thomas will be good. I still think Terry McLaurin will be good. I think Antonio Gibson will be good. But I do not like Jeremy Brown. I thought I had a shot at being a guy who could be a flyer because of Fitzpatrick, you know, is chucking the ball deep. Uh, I do not think that's going to happen. And I don't think Curtis Samuel will either. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I think he's a good quarterback, like, um, for a while, but not maybe the whole season. So that's right. that's where we have to see because like last year, you know, it, he came in and a few times. It's like, oh wait, this this guy's you know not that bad. But then over a whole season, that's completely different. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a good he's a good backup quarterback, but he's not a starter for a reason. Um, Terry McLaurin is good enough that I think it won't really matter that much. Logan Thomas will still have his touchdowns, and uh, Antonio Gibson, you might see a little bit less running. I think he's the one I'd be most worried about. Seahawks running back Rashad Penny left with a calf injury and expected to be shut down for a few weeks. Uh, I don't think this really matters too much for fantasy. Start Chris Carson still. Lions cornerback Jeff Okuda, the number three overall pick a couple years ago now, left with an Achilles injury. His season is over. That's just one of the Lions' best defensive players. They were already struggling so much. Now they'll be hurt a little bit more. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy suffered a high ankle sprain. X-rays were negative, but he's projected to be out four to six weeks. He was looking good out there, looking like the number one for the Broncos. Is Jerry Judy a cut candidate? Yes, Yes. as well. Because as we saw, there's so many guys on that team that it was almost like, like like it was great for him to be the number one. But there's so many people on that team, like, and when somebody who suffered for it was Cortland Sutton. So I think you're going to be fine if you have any other of the Denver receivers, or like Ryan said earlier, you can pick somebody up this week because the waiver wire is so healthy right now. Yeah. And uh, last bit of news Tyrell Williams is in concussion protocol. I don't think anyone's rostering him, just not going to be a waiver wire ad, that's for sure. All right, that'll do it for the news today. Let's move on to week one recap. So you guys give me a few things that you guys took away from this uh, first week slate of games. Um, just just run a few things down. Keone, you want to you wanna go first? What were a few takeaways you had? So I'm going to go through all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Go so through all your takeaways. My, leave leave your love and hate for. Okay, that sounds okay. Um, so my first one is, and I don't know if I like this or not for fantasy, but it really seemed to me like teams were spreading around the wealth a lot. Especially, I noticed there were a lot of teams that had like brought in at least two quarterbacks throughout the game, as well as have like at least two running backs play significant amounts of time. Um, in the backfield. So like, for example, San Francisco, Chicago, Las Vegas, all utilized both quarterbacks or both of their main quarterbacks throughout the game. I think we even, we saw um, Trey Lance had a touchdown. So, and uh, also uh, Justin Fields had a rushing touchdown. So that's good. And Mariota ran for a good amount. 
Um, and then in terms of running backs, like we had the Texans where all three of their running backs got a touchdown. And then in Detroit, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift had good games. Um, and then in uh, Dallas, Tony Pollard seemed to do better than Zeke in that game. Um, but I think they just need to use Zeke better. Um, so don't be too worried. Uh, and then, yeah, there's just also a lot of receivers being thrown to that I've, you know, never heard of before, but I think, uh, teams at least early on are going to be using a lot of their, uh, multiple players kind of like in preseason, but that might change as the season gets along and more positions get solidified. So no, number two, um, I think despite having the best overall backfield, the Browns need to find a way to pass the ball to be able to win, because that's kind of what it came down to late in that game was they needed to pass the ball to win. Because if you're behind and you're a running team, it's going to be really hard for you to win um, because it just takes up so much of the clock and it's hard to have a game or a fourth quarter drive if you run the ball so much, I mean, yeah, you can break away and that's nice, but you can't rely on that. And I think they're a really, really good team and they might've surprised some people, even though I don't think it should have been a surprise at how good the Browns were. Um, but I think that's one of those things moving forward that they need to fix is the ability to open up the field in the passing game and have those receivers come in clutch and they'll probably get Odell back soon because he didn't play this past game. And excuse me, Kansas City is tough because they're always in a game unless they're like unless you're five scores ahead. Um, but yeah, still, that's just one of those things that the Browns need to fix. But otherwise, they're really good. And then my last thing, uh, I think the best teams in the league right now are the the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cardinals. Just overall, because they. Uh, clearly Tampa Bay can get the job done against a good team because out of the three of them, they face the best team in the Cowboys, but they still finish strong because that's just what Tom Brady does. And then they have an excellent run defense as we saw Uh, the Rams, I think look incredible. I think Matt Stafford was that missing puzzle piece because they, you know, they threw the ball around. A lot of people got touchdowns. Daryl Henderson looked pretty good still. Uh, And uh now and then Aaron Donald as well on the defense is just leading that front end and they're pretty, pretty good there. And then speaking of front ends with the Cardinals, Chandler Jones, my God, five sacks, like two forced fumbles. One of them, one of them went into the end zone for a touch of touchdown. I mean, goodness gracious. And then Kyler Murray making his receivers look really good. uh, Especially Christian Kirk, but we'll talk about that later. And like he had five touchdowns um, himself, including one on the ground. So I think these teams are are the most well-rounded as of right now. And again, it's week one, so it doesn't necessarily matter, but I think they all look really good and are potential contenders come very late in the season, including playoffs. All right, Ryan, what are some takeaways you had from week one? So my first takeaway is relax. Uh, Look at the process, not the results. Uh, let's go for Najee Harris. There was not a single other running back that played a snap other than him. All right? He's going to keep getting the work. Um, again, another guy, Troutman. 51 snaps to Johnson's, like, 12. He just caught the two touchdowns. It worked out that way. You have to look at who's playing the most and where he's getting the targets from. Even, even a guy like DJ Shark, a guy who I – you know, I hated, and I literally said he was going to be a bust. 
12 targets. He only caught three of them, and he got a touchdown, but 12 targets. You got to look at where who's getting the ball and how many snaps are they playing. Um, a guy that, like, for example, on the bad side of that was Brandon Ayuk, a guy who only who's the third snap leader and almost uh, Mohamed Sanu <laughs> played 20 snaps too. That's a little scary. I know he came off injury. We were, if you were here on the live, we talked about that. Uh, but you have to look at these certain things. My next point is the tight ends are back. I, I honestly feel that the tight end uh, depression, the tight end, wait, what? A drought where mm-hmm. we couldn't have a guy that, or couldn't have multiple guys in a week. We had four guys go off for 20 plus points this week in the tight end position. Uh, Mark or Mark Andrews, he had all right week, but he didn't score. Pitts didn't score, but these guys all got targets. But Goddard scored, Logan Thomas scored, Fant did good, and he didn't score a touchdown. Uh, Higby was good. Gronk looked like the old Gronk, and that's not even I'm not even putting Robert Tunyon, who uh, I mean, the Giants or the Packers just gave up that game. Uh, that's not a big deal. I think there might be 10 to 12 guys where we don't have to worry about streaming tight ends this year. Uh, I think it's a real possibility. And then my third thing is, is a hard knock life for us, the fantasy guys, us three right here, the fantasy daydreamers. Cause man, I feel like we were right about some things. And then if it looks like sometimes I looked at my fantasy team, like, man, I listened to other people and not us. It's, it's weird to be a fantasy analyst and then be like, I got my guy Debo Samuel, but I heard Julio Jones is going to have a better matchup. Read it by three different people. Dad and myself started Julio Jones. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's what, that's the reason why, but the week one, it was good week. Uh, had a good time. All right. And um, I got a couple of takeaways here too. Adam Thielen is still good. I mean, after last season, everyone was so in on Justin Jefferson and rightfully so Justin Jefferson is really good, but Adam Thielen still scored 14 touchdowns last season. And he started the same way this season caught eight balls on nine targets, 92 yards, and scored two touchdowns. He, he finished... also had 78 snaps leading the team. Yeah. So, like, he's he... not going anywhere. <clears throat> yeah. He finished the wide receiver four on the week, and he's going to continue to produce, especially if you're in a dynasty league. Thielen is one of those veteran players that you can go trade for maybe earlier than later uh, to give you that push for the playoffs and for that championship spot. Next, kind of going off what Ryan said, it's only week one. Week one was a lot of fun, whether you won or lost. You need to keep going, though. Stay on that grind. It's a long season and nothing is set in stone yet. Keep listening to our podcast, send in your questions, and stay fluid. Things change through the season, so don't have your mind made up right now about week eight. We don't know what's going to come in week six and seven so we don't know about week eight just stay fluid keep an open mind things change through the season don't forget to change with them and my last thing joe mixon running back two on the week and as the joe mixon truther on the podcast it feels like i finally have valid argument like all off season i feel like i didn't have anything well here you go 29 carries, 127 yards. He got in the end zone. He caught four passes on four targets. And like I said, finished the running back to Mixon is very talented player. 
and I had a lot of fun watching him finally tear it up on the field. All right, so those are our takeaways from week one. Let's go over some things that we loved. Ryan, what's what's something that you loved from week one? Uh, Second-year quarterbacks. I thought that Jalen Hurts, fly Eagles fly, obviously I had to put it first. <laughs> uh, he had a great week with three touchdowns. Uh, I know that Justin Herbert didn't get you the fancy points you want, but that's a top three defense, and he threw for 337 yards. Joe Burrow, on his first action, looked really good. Uh, connecting with T Higgins and chase for touchdowns um, 260, 261 yards for him. And then two is sneaking in there. I know he ran for a touchdown and then, uh, and he had 200, 200, 202 yards and touchdown. Uh, but he was playing against the Patriots, another top 10 defense. You look at those things, it gives you hope. I think this class is going to be really good. I was excited to watch some of those games, and they all played well. Yes, and Herbert should have had more touchdowns, but uh, the refs got collusion. I don't know. Miss me with that fumble call. It's a ridiculous rule in the NFL. I think they should change things to be situational, but that's all right. Whatever. All right, something I love from week one, and I just love that football is back. I mean, after putting in so much work this offseason for this podcast, I mean, that was a lot of fun in in itself, but just to sit down and watch NFL games. I mean, starting on Thursday, great game. And then it carried into Sunday. And then Monday we finished off with the overtime win for the Raiders. I mean, it's just happy. I'm just so happy that it's back. It was a lot of fun. It's almost kind of like a reward in a way. It feels so much more like special because of all the stuff that we've done. Yeah. It's just so like all the work put in. Yeah. What's something you love Keone? Um, so this is my version of the, I think we each have one of these for this week because Ryan has Debo Samuel, you have Joe Mixon. And then even though it's been more in recent uh, times than, than your guys is in a way, I think there was at some point in the off season where I, I mentioned the 30 for 30 JMO last week, he was like going to be, he was a shock of the week. And what did he do? Shocked I us. think he shocked the Packers. My, my goodness. They literally look stunned out there. Paralyzed even, um, he had five touchdowns and I mean, he needs to work on the yards and that's fine. But if you have five touchdowns, I'm not going to really question your performance that much. And the, but the yards is something that he's probably going to work on. Um, and cause he only had less than 150 through the air, but still, I think Jameis Winston came in there, got the job done, made a statement and can put some pride in that saints team. And their their defense also did very well, um, so we'll see how they do progressing forward. But I'm just I just I'm so happy for Jameis Winston and and the Saints. So Eaten W's, Eaten yeah. W's, yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see if and when Michael Thomas comes back. That connection yes. with Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas, I'm excited for that. Something that I hated the Falcons offense. Matt Ryan was 21 for 35, 164 yards. Mike Davis got 15 carries for 49 yards. Calvin Ridley, five catches for 51 yards. I mean, that's all right, but uh, you just want more. Not from your number one guy. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, four for 31. I mean, they just really couldn't do anything against this Eagles defense. I I thought... It it was because of the offensive line. I I watched a lot more in that second half, and... They just really struggled. Yeah. The, whole, the whole offense struggled together. So, yeah, really hated that because I had quite a bit of stock in 
in that Falcons uh, Falcons team. Ryan, what is one thing that you hated? Uh, I got two things for this real quick. Uh, first of all, all of the penalties this week, I feel like I it feels like this happens every year. The first three weeks, yeah. it's just penalty filled, and then everyone settles down. The teams and the rest are like, hey, we don't need 10 penalties for 130 yards, Brad. <laughs> The game isn't about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second thing is, I said it on Twitter. I forgot to charge the iPad up. Ended up having to give Pan <laughs> the TV, watching the Rams Bear game on my phone because I didn't have the iPad <laughs> charged, and he didn't want to watch the game with me. So, for all the dads out there, still still learning. Or moms, week, or moms, or moms, or moms, iPad it up. Keep the charger on lock. I had charge. It was going good early, and then I, Daddy had died, and I was like, "Hey, movie, hey. movie." You better, like, okay. you better teach him how to plug in the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next thing. Potty train, plug in the iPad. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was the week one recap. Let's move what? on to. What? No, I hate said, something. No, no, oh, you said oh. F you, Keone. Oh, my bad. You don't care about your feelings, bro. <laughs> Keone, I forgot this about therapy. Keone's hate. Because <laughs> you're talking about Jameis. No, I thought you fine. hated Jameis Winston. No, I'm just kidding. I forgot <laughs> no, about I you. love Jameis Winston. <laughs> forgot about you. Um, I, I do hate another quarterback, though. Okay. Um, And it's fresh in my mind. Derek Carr, be better. <laughs> oh, my God. You are not a good enough quarterback for Darren Waller. He is too good for you, sir. You need to be way more accurate than you are. Um, now, uh, I think I don't have the exact stat, but I think he like he threw for no, I think it was 10 for 19. And most of that was like in the second half. You started out terribly. And a lot of those, if not all of them, I know uh, Darren Waller had like one drop, but the majority of your passes to him were garbage. And I know the Ravens defense is is really good. And they showed that this evening, but you need to be better because Darren Waller deserves better. The rest of your team deserves better. And I guess it's also a part partly on the other wide receivers on that team to be open for Derek Carr. So it's not just Darren Waller, but still when you're throwing to Darren Waller, throw it to where he's going to be. I feel like that's a tenet of being a quarterback throw where the guy is going to be and not where the guy was. So yeah, Derek Carr, just I mean, get get better and throw to him when he's wide open because there was a play where uh, Darren Waller was <laughs> wide open and would have had a touchdown. You know, he might have had two in this game. Who knows? <laughs> Only in the perfect world. But he threw like a five-yard pass to Josh Jacobs who got like tackled immediately. So shame on you, Derek Carr. Keone is Congratulations mad. on your win. If you guys couldn't tell, Keone lost a fantasy matchup because Darren Waller didn't score him quite enough points. But that's true. I mean, but Darren Waller had 19 targets, caught 10 of them for 105 yards, and got in the end zone. I mean, it's just because he's so good. Yes. Like, you can't, like, he, he, like, but Derek Carr needs to be better. Yeah. Like, it's just a fundamental thing where you have to get your accuracy you better. To throw if you're going to be throwing in it in front of the player. He kept throwing it behind. I, I'll agree with that. He kept throwing it behind all of everyone all night long. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, and, but they won. They got, they came away with, it. yeah. All right. That'll do it for the week one recap. Thank you, Keone. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Let's move on to our waiver wire ads. 
So who are you guys adding first? Are waiver wires, um, they have to be 33% or fewer rostered. Um, so, you know, we're not saying, oh, go add Christian McCaffrey. He finished as the RB1 <laughs> because he's probably not available in your leagues. So these will be uh, guys who are not rostered in a lot of leagues, a third of leagues. Um, so who would be your number one waiver wire ad this week? Uh, for me, I know you didn't call me, but I'm just going to jump in. It's going to be Sterling Shepard. Uh, he looks like the lead guy in this offense. Seven receptions at nine targets for 113 yards and a touchdown. And again, that was against the Broncos defense. We all think the Broncos defense is pretty good. I think he's the guy since he plays mostly in the slot. He's able to be the security blanket for Daniel Jones. And I think that also happens this week. Uh, against Washington. I think that the pressure is going to be on him. He's going to get the ball out quick and Shepard's going to be the guy he gets out to. He's 24% on. Yeah. Wide receiver for the New York Giants. I'll go next. My number one ad this week is going to be Tim Patrick, the wide receiver from the Denver Broncos. He is 0.6% owned. Yeah, there's a lot of weapons in Denver. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, but with the loss of Jerry Judy, there should be a few more targets to go around. He's not Jerry Judy, but Tim Patrick can fill the wide receiver two role pretty well there in Denver. He has the ability to get in the red zone as we uh, to get into the end zone as we saw on Sunday. He finished as a wide receiver thirty four. Um, he's put up wide receiver one numbers in the past. Um, I just think there's a chance he can put up numbers get you through some bye weeks if there's an injury that happens he could fill in for you at the flex position Tim Patrick who you got Keone so um, I'm going to sound like a broken record in a way but Jameis Winston he is 26.1% rostered Um, I think he looked really good he was pretty mobile uh, and he had in two of his next four games are against the Panthers and then the Giants so those are pretty soft defenses And in the second half of the season, they face Atlanta twice, they face Carolina again, and then they face the Jets and Tennessee, who didn't look that good. And so I think he has a chance to be a starter on your team if he continues to play the way he did um, on Sunday. And I think there's a... Or Ryan Tannehill? I don't think that offense looked as good as they should have in Tennessee. So I think Jameis Winston did a lot more with what he had versus Ryan Tannehill. Because Ryan Tannehill, in theory, on paper, has a lot of weapons to go to, a lot more than Jameis Winston, besides Alvin Kamara. Um, but, you know, Jameis Winston made names out of people who you wouldn't think, like Johnson, like I think it was Jawan Johnson, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and like you said, he might not, I don't think he's going to do that every single week, but still. I think Jameis Winston pulled it like a Tom Brady and made household names out of, you know, no name wide receivers. Whereas Ryan Tannehill has AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry to work with. And that's just stacked. So I would take Jameis Winston for the impressive ability to do that with what he had. All right. Uh, another guy next up on my list for my waiver wire ads, I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell, who's 1.9% owned. As we talked about earlier, Raheem Mostert went down and will be out for eight weeks. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch before Sunday's game. He'll probably 
be there on uh, Sunday this week. Elijah Mitchell came in and took control of that backfield, though. Carried the ball 19 times for 104 yards and scored a touchdown. Finished as the running back 11. He played in 64% of the offensive snaps, which was by far the most of the running backs on the team, which is uh, really good for a Kyle Shanahan-led team. I mean, if you're going to be the number one running back, you're going to score some fantasy points. Most of the time with the 49ers, we don't know who that number one running back is going to be. I think right now we do know it will be Elijah Mitchell. Brian, you got another uh, waiver wire ad? Uh, For me, it's going to be, especially in PPR leagues, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Fly, Eagles, fly. Austin Scott. Yeah, well, true. (laughs) But I'm not going to say that. The reason why is because he actually ran the ball nine times, and then he caught, hit four targets. Uh, Boston Scott didn't play in this game, but he was, I mean, he, he was healthy. He just didn't play because Kenny Gainwell took all his snaps. And if Miles Sanders did get hurt, I think Kenny Gainwell could be a guy who would be a late RB2 type of guy because he he is a pass catching machine. And for him to even get nine carries, uh, nine r- carries and one be in the red zone, yeah. like it wasn't like this was like, a, like, like that's kind of crazy that he got the carry over Miles Sanders. So, I just kind of looking at it, I think Kenny Gaywell might be starting to take up Miles Sanders' role a little bit. Keone? So, my uh, second guy is uh, going to be Nelson Aguilar, who is 29.8% owned in – so, just just barely kind of making that, that cutoff. But still, uh, I think he, he, he's good enough. Uh, he's tied second – he was tied for the second most targets on the team just behind Jacoby Myers – um, but he caught five of seven for 72 yards and he had the only uh, touchdown um, passing or receiving touchdown. I think with Mac Jones, these receivers become much, much more viable options than with Cam Newton. And But wait, there's Ma- two quarterbacks better than him. <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. I, I'm going with my pick. There are 32, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just keep saying that into the void, Cam Newton. Uh, but I think their fantasy potential, I think this team is going to get better as the season goes along. A lot of people have them, you know, potentially winning the division. I don't know if I would necessarily go that far, but I still think they looked pretty good in this game. I mean, there was, there was a lot of mistakes and stuff like that, but I think, um, Mac Jones looked really good as a quarterback and he'll just probably get better. And as the connection builds between them, um, I just think it's going to improve. And Nelson Aguilar might have been a guy where you didn't even consider any of the New England uh, wide receivers, but now might be the time to do so before they get too uh, popular. Before things start heating up in New England. All right. Uh, my mm-hmm. third waiver wire ad of the week, Christian Kirk's wide receiver from the Arizona Cardinals. He is 3.6% owned. I mean, he played on 57% of the snaps, which was third on the team, but he scored two touchdowns. I wouldn't count on Christian Kirk being this productive all season, but he's in a really good offense. I think he will pass A.J. Green for those snaps and will become second behind behind DeAndre Hopkins. But as for now, I think Christian Kirk is a guy you could add on your from your waiver wire, stash him. If you don't get a few of these other guys first before. Uh, my third was uh, Elijah Mitchell. And the reason why I have him third and not second uh, is just simply because, 
like you said, Trey Sermon's going to be healthy. And every week, you know, you can find another running back. Any running back in that system is going to be good. So uh, we'll see who gets the snaps next week. But, yeah, Elijah Mitchell will be, uh, will be my third. Okay, Keone? And then I have Christian Kirk as my third as well. I initially had him as like my two, but then I kind of changed it around because of kind of the point that you brought up uh, last year. We, I kind of, there was hype around him and I was somebody who had hype around him. I remember in some of the podcasts last year, I was a big Christian Kirk guy. And then he wasn't as consistent or he just didn't capitalize on that. So that's why I'm like, mm, be careful when you, play him because he's not maybe as consistent as I think Nelson Aguilar might be throughout the season but still like like you said he's in a great offense and the two touchdowns that he, that he caught oh my god that bread yeah. basket catch oh. and then like kind of that jumping or that diving catch or whatever um I just both his touchdowns looked very very nice so that's optimistic and he did catch um all of his passes so that's good but still last year makes me a little, little bit hesitant mm-hmm. on Christian Kirk but still waiver wire worthy yeah. Um, so how confident are you guys in these waiver wire ads? Like, are you saying Nelson Aguilar, if you, if you have, well, obviously Jerry Judy, we talked about you're dropping Jerry Judy and adding one of these guys or Michael Gallup, but if you have a lower wide receiver, uh, let's see who was drafted. I don't know. Let's give me some names. Like a, like a Michael Pittman. Screw that guy, Zach Moss. You, drop it in. He was a healthy scratch on Sunday, also, just like Trey Sermon. Um, Devin Singletary kind of came through for him, though, for the Bills. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to know how, how confident you guys like how confident you guys are in this waiver wire group. Pretty confident. Sony Michelle, drop him. He sucks. Yeah, Daryl uh, Henderson is is he's, the number yeah. one guy there. And he so proved Mich- it. Michelle only played three snaps. Um, I think I think there's also time. Once once you spend mm-hmm. more time with the team, he will come around. But I think you can drop him for now, and you'll be able to pick him up later if he goes off. Like I said earlier, you got to stay right. fluid. Right now, he's not doing anything, so move on. Um, another one, uh, if you drafted Lazard, that might be a. I wouldn't I wouldn't overreact after this first week, but still, he's kind of a lower drop end. Him. You know, he's a wide receiver too. Drop him. Okay. You don't need. I mean, he MVS sucks, got out targeted him, and Devonte Adams is there. Robert Tunyon is there. I mean, True. I'm moving on from Lazard. So yeah. True. I would take Nelson Aguilar just because of the potential and the ceiling versus yeah. Lazard. Um, and the consistency yeah. as well. Um, but I feel confident. Yeah, because like I said, I I think Jameis Winston can be a guy that actually plays for you for like becomes goes from your bench to your starter yep. throughout the season. Um, and again, Christian Kirk is a little, I think he's more of a streamable guy, but then I also, I think Nelson Aguilar, I feel confident um, putting on my team and then maybe I'd wait another week or so, maybe not even that, but if I need to see a little bit more and I'm like, okay, this guy can do it or maybe just drop him. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel confident in him. All right. Uh, so that was the waiver wire ads. And that'll do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys want to get in contact us, find all of our content. It's going to be on daydreamermedia.com. Head over there. We got articles coming out, 
intern Aaron, Keone, and Ian are all hitting up the articles in season. So go ahead and give those a read. They're really good. YouTube Daydreamer Media, Instagram Day underscore Dreamer Media. You guys can uh, hit us up on there or Twitter, FF Daydreamers, if you guys have any start sit questions, any waiver wire ads. Hey, should I add X player? and drop Y player. Is that worth it? Hit us up on there um, or on Patreon, Daydreamer Media, if you are so inclined. Uh, yeah, we got a couple of tiers over there. You guys could help us out and uh, tell a friend, like and subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts. It really helps to leave those five-star reviews with a comment. Um, so if you do that, thank you very much. If you ask us a question in there, we will answer those questions as well. You guys got anything to plug? No, I don't. Uh, I do. Just to, to go back on the, the, the articles. So yes, every Tuesday, 9 a.m. sharp, Aaron's waiver Wire articles will be going throughout the season. And then on Fridays, um, there's going to be one article in the morning, also 9 a.m. It's going to be Aaron's most valuable matchups. And then sometime in the afternoon, um, it will be Ian and I doing a start of the week and a sit of the week. So expect those to come out Tuesdays and Fridays is when our articles are going to be coming out yeah. for sure. So, And you guys could go read any of the past the articles. Yeah. On the website, daydreamingmedia.com. Thank you guys. The link is also in our bio on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. <laughs> <laughs>